we all have the things that make us happy. And I think that that is something that we often can let go to the wayside in day-to-day life is figuring out what you're here for and what makes you happy. And when you can do that, life gets way more fun. Way, way more fun. Hell yeah, girlfriend. Preach it. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Badassery. I'm your host, Christine Lozada. This is a traveling podcast meant to inspire you to be just 1% more badass today than you were yesterday. This podcast highlights the stories of people that I meet when I travel or like today's guests, people I've had the opportunity to travel with. Today I'm in San Diego and today's guest is traveling in Palm Springs. She's chosen to live a totally different kind of lifestyle that is a nonstop journey. She lives the RV life and to be honest, I think she's doing it pretty darn well. I'm super excited to bring her in. Let's introduce Caitlin. So I'm Caitlin. Um, I am the founder and the face and voice behind Scenic Days. Um, I started my company a couple years ago um, in kind of like what I just said, um, just this passion for photography and travel and how to get information out to other people and Um, I love the outdoors. And so bringing that into travel content creation um, and kind of niching down into what specifically I enjoy doing. Um, And then even further. So now I've delved into how to blend um, more of like luxury into outdoor travel together. Um, That's something that I think there's a a lack of or not a lot of conversation about because I think people tend to separate the two Mm -hmm. and there is a place to merge the two, which is what I'm working on now to bring to people and how you can, you know, maybe, maybe you're the type of person that likes to go for a hike and then go back to a luxury resort where you can unwind and get a massage. Mm -hmm. That might not be your thing and that's okay, but that's kind of what I want to help people see is like you can go get dirty on the trail and then come back and have this like luxe experience where you um, get to enjoy that aspect of travel as well. And for those of you who are listening to today's podcast, uh, I encourage you to come watch even for five seconds because even living the RV life, Caitlin's hair is perfect all the time. Every single time I see her. <laughs> it's, it's so perfect. When and where did RV travel start for you? So RV life travel started technically in February of 2021. We bought the RV November of 2020. Yeah. But by the time we kind of figured it all out and decided what, where we wanted to go and what we were going to do with it, it took, it took about a couple months to finalize everything and get on the road. Yeah. Um, the idea first surfaced in probably early 2020. I was still doing um, travel physical therapy and um, in talking to a lot of other physical therapists that did the travel contract thing, a lot of them you used RVs or fifth wheels to get around. That's the hardest part, um, I would say, in doing that travel therapy is finding a place to stay for a three month time period Mm. that takes that aspect out of it. So that was the first time we ever like thought about it. Um, And then we kind of were like, well, maybe we'll just do that for a tire. 
So this is interesting because I didn't realize your original intent was tied to the physical therapy. Well, it was pursuit of. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously COVID happened and that all came to a halt, screeching halt. And that's what led me to my transition of doing more the photography Mm -hmm. content. Um, Because travel was already a big part of our lives. Um, So in the upheaval of everything, um, that's when I took my pivot in. Okay, there's no surgeries happening. There's no sports happening. My path that I'm on is on pause for the foreseeable future. What can I do instead? And that's when I really pivoted and dove into, well, I really love taking photos while traveling. Photography is a huge passion of mine. Um, Why not make that? something I do um, yes. happens with it. And her photography is fire. So make sure you check that out. I will link all of that in the description below. And we're also talking drones on my drone podcast. So that will be linked below as well. Okay, hold on. Let's let's jump back to, the, to your dive into RV life because you were yeah. just saying that you spent a few months kind of like planning it out. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how much of that went as planned versus you diving in being like, whoa, this is not what I expected. And this is coming yeah. from when I tried, while I won't call it RV life, when I tried bus life, it was not what I anticipated even a little bit. It was pretty different from that. How was that for you? Yeah, I would say the same thing. That's some, you know, this is something I never thought I would be doing. Um, to be honest, uh, I didn't think I'd ever be living in an RV. Um, but I would say the same thing that you can plan is you can plan everything down to the last minute of what you're doing. And with this lifestyle, it is never going to go as planned. And mm. that's I think, been our biggest learning experience um, in just life in general, but also in how we used to travel compared to how we're traveling now is nothing you just have to be prepared for not being prepared, I guess, in a sense, like things don't go as planned and it almost forces you to just take a step back and just be able to go with the flow a little bit more. And, um, if something doesn't work out, that's okay. Um, that's the other beauty of it is maybe you end up arriving to where you plan to go a day late, a week late. Um, but then you also can stay a day longer or a week longer. That's yeah. kind of the beauty of this lifestyle is it gives you a little bit more freedom to be flexible, um, but also forces you mm. to know how to be flexible. Yeah. Actually, you're saying something really important here, which is one thing that I learned from this style of travel. Because normally with travel, it's like you journey and then you get there and then you start your trip. Versus this is a style of travel in which the entire journey is part of your traveling experience Um, because there's so much to discover on the road. Actually, share with us um, like a from to. So like what's an example? And while no trip is ever a like this is a typical trip I would take. But like what did what's an example of like a style of trip you would take before RV life? And then tell us like what a typical day in the life in RV life looks like for you. Sure. Um, so it's, they're kind of the exact opposite. And that's what, what has made this fun is pre pre RV. We, we only had so much time off for work. So we would plan trips around our PTO and try to cram as much in as possible. So our last big trip that we took before the RV life, we did 
Spain, Morocco, Italy, and France in 10 days. That um, gives me a headache just trying to process that. <laughs> for the most part, it was just like one major city in each country, but mm -hmm. that's a lot to cover um, in a very short period of time. So it's very fast paced travel. Um, whereas now it's almost the opposite. Kind of like you said, it's, it's more of a journey and it's slow travel and you get to experience a place longer if it's somewhere you enjoy. Um, you can stay as long as you want. Um, or if something you get somewhere and it doesn't spark interest, then you kind of just move on. But yeah. to your point too, it's also a journey on the way because you see things differently on the road than you would flying from place to place, which has been a really fun experience as well, because we've seen so much of this country, our own country that we never would have if we chose to continue to travel how we were prior to the RV. Mm. Um, there's so many, you know, little towns. It's almost like Route 66, the the principle behind Route 66, but all over the country. So you end up driving through places that most people just pass by or you fly over where you never really get to see those because you're going from A to B, whereas now we, we hit a lot of those places. We don't always stop, but we see a lot more than we ever would have um, if we continued to travel how we did prior. It's totally different being able to at least see and experience it out the window, you yes. know, like driving through it over a long period of time versus looking down at it from a flight. I I remember um, I used to always ask people like, oh, you know, have you been to you know this or that country or this or that city? And they'd be like, well, I had a layover there once. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that, that doesn't count even a tiny bit as having visited that place. Like the airport does not count. I Yeah, I think that's actually really interesting because... Um, when I think of my own road trip on the bus, there are so many times that I would stop in a, and then I'd have to check Google maps. Like, where are we right now? And like you, at least for us, we would take, even if it was at the gas station, we'd jump over to a restaurant and like take a break from driving. Yeah. Um, you get an opportunity to meet the locals and talk to people. Definitely. Um, definitely a different style of travel. Okay. So, wow. You really did some fast travel before I can relate to that. That's what my old corporate Christine uh, travel lifestyle it used to be like as well. What is a typical, uh, as typical as one can be, day yeah. in the life of RV travel for you? Yeah. So now um, we tend to pick a almost like a hub spot um, that we try to base ourselves out of for like a month is, mm -hmm. is kind of our guideline. And that doesn't always work. But um, for example, right now we're in Palm Springs. We got here a little uh, about two weeks ago now. And by the time we go home for Christmas, we'll be here for five weeks. But this has been a good hub where we're able to go to L.A. We can go to San Diego. We can go to Joshua Tree. There's a ton to do around the Palm Springs area where we pick a central place and then we drive different places and explore on the weekends or after work, um, which is a little bit harder now with the sun setting early. But um, mm -hmm. typically day, day to day, um, my husband still works for a company, so he has more of a normal work schedule, just remote. Um, and so I kind of base my work around his schedule as well. So we'll work during the day and then in the evenings we'll go for a hike or we'll go out to a local restaurant or even look up different events happening in the areas that we are so that we can really experience a place for what it is versus just, you know, coming here for a long weekend or a week to vacation and just doing the touristy things, which yeah. was never really our style to begin with. But <laughs> Um, when you stay somewhere,
for longer than a week, you can really get a sense of what it what it's like to to live there and get to know the area and the culture and the people and meet the locals and get inside kind of like an inside scoop almost, which yeah. has been fun. And one of the things I love about the way you're doing RV travel is that you have your car with you. And so you have your RV and you also have your car that allows you to go do the other adventures, which is not what I had on my adventure. I was only on the bus, which was still an adventure in itself. But for someone who's not familiar with what your RV looks like and what your setup looks like, kind of describe what what it looks like, because you don't have a... uh, inexpensive or a, um, it's not camping. (laughs) You, you have a nicer RV. Yeah. And I would say that's the biggest misconception we get, um, is either that we're camping or that we have a van. And I think a big part of that is just our age group. Most people our age have the van or do the van life, which is great. Um, but because we knew we would be living in this full time and working, we wanted something bigger that had more space where it was it was more like a house where we are work and sleep and kind of play is a little bit separate. So um, we def- we have to describe for someone who, who doesn't really know, it's called a class A. So it's the one that you drive. Um, I always say it's like the ones that you see old retired couples with. Um, it's 38 feet long. Um, we hook our car, our Jeep up to the back and tow it. Hold the phone. Did you just say 48 feet long? 38. But 38. Okay. So 38 was the same size as the bus because 38 is super long. Yes. It's really big. Yes. Um, but the other thing is you're towing your car behind, which is right. making it even longer. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's funny because like, you know, I think about ours and it's like, wow, we have a big setup here and we're towing this car and it makes us really long. And then we'll be places where we see RVs that are 40, 42 feet long have one of those enclosed trailers with a vehicle and, you know, some sort of ATV inside as well. And you're like, now that's a big setup. Um, <laughs> there, there will always be someone out there that's yes. doing it bigger, crazier, whatever. Yes. That's, that's um, always going to be there. <laughs> I've seen people towing a truck. So they have their RV towing a truck, towing a boat. We've seen that before <laughs> too. So, I mean, it comes... This lifestyle comes in all shapes and sizes, but I think that's the other beautiful thing about it too, is you can make it what, what works for you or what works for your lifestyle. Um, because we do things a lot differently than a lot of, a lot of other people we've met on the road. Like you said, we, we, and maybe this is part of what drove me more towards bringing life bringing outdoor with luxury together. Um, I think this lifestyle has helped me with that because we aren't camping. We're not roughing it. We have a full kitchen. We have a full bathroom. We have a bed that's comfortable that we sleep in. Like it's like a little apartment on wheels. Um, so it's, it's way more elevated, a way more elevated way to travel full time on the road and still get to explore some amazing places. Cause we yeah. do, we do do a lot of national parks. We do do a lot of hiking. We love the outdoors, but we also have, we're not going back to a tent in a sleeping bag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that can, you know, that's, that's, that can be fun. And that's some people's jams, but we have realized too, that it's nice to come home after a long hike, shower, hang out. Like right now we're at, 
we're staying at a RV resort that has hot springs. So Mm. every night we go and we sit in the hot springs, we go for a hike, we go sit in the hot springs. Like there's ways to elevate this style of living too, where you're not just, you know, back backpacking or sleeping in a tent or, you know, not having bathroom facilities or a cook, (laughs) you know? So there's, like I said before, there's ways to make this lifestyle what you want and as luxe or as low key as you want, whatever your style is, there's a way to do it. I'm so curious. Well, I don't know. I guess you said that you try to do home bases for a month or so. I'm curious how often you're staying at RV parks versus uh, what I learned in a previous episode with Candace, if you haven't seen her van life video, she helped to define a word for me that I've never heard before, which is boondocking, which is basically you just park anywhere, right? Um, and you're, you're not hooking up your RV to any kind of electricity or you're basically out. Well, I don't want to say in the woods. It could be literally anywhere, anywhere. You're just right. parking your car. How frequently are you in RV parks versus um, boondocking? So we do a little bit of both depending on where we are. So for example, one of our favorite places is Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Mm -hmm. Um, We spent the last two falls there. um, And there, there are RV parks that you can stay at. There's campgrounds as well. A lot of the campgrounds, um, you can stay at a campground, but there are campgrounds too that don't have electricity or a place to hook up your, your toilet to your shower to either. So, um, in a place like that, we did the boondocking, mm-hmm. um, which is an amazing place to do it because national forest borders the whole national park and national forest mm-hmm. land is typical of, it's usually a place where you can do the boondocking. Yeah. Um, so we did a lot of that in Jackson with awesome views of the Tetons better than you're going to get staying at any hotel. in if you're going to Jackson, um, we woke up to those views every morning and we weren't hooked up. We weren't boondocking, but in this process of doing that, you also learn how long you can go. So Mm. we have an 80 gallon water tank. Um, So that's where we have a little bit of an advantage over someone who's doing a van is we have a lot more um, capability resources to go longer without Mm. having to move. So it's like you're hooked up. You just have to be a little more conscious of, how much water you're using to wash your dishes or what's um, the longest that you can, or you've tried staying out, not hooked up. Right. So we have done two weeks. Wow. Um, that's a really long time. It is. But we have all, we also in that two week process found, so we're a, we have a water bladder that we will go and fill up and refill our tank. Mm, I see. So, when we go for a two week time period, we're more limited by our black tank capacity, which and for those who don't know what a black tank is, what is that? <laughs> your black tank would be what your toilet is uh, essentially. So you have a black tank and a gray tank. A gray tank is like dishwater, shower water. It's mostly just soapy water and your black tank has your solid waste. Um, that's where the magic's at. Can I tell you my best RV park experience? Yes, the the really beautiful RV that was parked across from us, their black water tank broke for some reason. And it spilled over the entire area. And it, I woke up in the middle of the night 
because it smelled so bad. Yeah. I've never woken up in the middle of the night from a smell. Like it's, yeah. well, uh, well, aside from like smelling smoke or something like that, which is like different. Um, I woke up and it smelled so bad. I actually couldn't fall back asleep oh. and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I <laughs> sprayed some Febreze over yeah. a towel and laid it on my face. And that was how I went back to bed. I love that. <laughs> but I think, I think they had a full black water tank that fully spilled over uh, the entire park. It was even imagine it was not magical. I'll say no. that. Okay, hold on. So it really sounds like you're doing RV travel right because you have this luxury RV. You have the ability to boondock and stay out for a while. Um, and the other thing, right? Like RV life, the whole trip is the journey, is the travel, and you're getting these home bases. And like, I don't know, with the way you describe it, I'm like, oh man, I would sign up for that. Um, except that I have done something similar to it. And I'm like, well, this is not easy. Yeah. I would love to hear about some of the times it wasn't easy. In other yeah. words, when things didn't go as planned or I don't know, like I had times where I wanted to throw in the towel, yeah. whether it was the Febreze that was on my face because it yeah. smelled so bad or things like that wasn't the worst of it, <laughs> to be honest. Bring us back to a moment that you felt like throwing in the Febreze towel. Yeah. So our very first night in well, I guess it was technically our second night. So our very first, when we took the RV out, we were, we left from my parents' house in Iowa and our goal was to get to White Sands National Park in New Mexico. And we were going to do a long haul over two days and just go A to B. So How far is that ride in a normal car? Ooh, that's usually. a good question. Because one thing that I learned is that whatever you see on Google Maps Yes. And again, what I was driving in was not a normal vehicle, not a normal RV. We would take double the time as a car on Google Maps. Um, yeah. Like was was yours normally like a 10 hour ride or was it normally a... So what we typically do, it's to your point, we never, you, you know, when you're in a car, you look at Google Maps and you're like, oh, I can make it in that time or maybe a little faster. Now mm -hmm, we just mm -hmm. think the opposite. We can make it in maybe an hour longer than that or longer. So mm -hmm. if it's like a 10 hour drive, we'll plan for like 12 hours. Mm -hmm. um, so you just kind of factor in, it's just going to take you a little bit longer um, than it would in a car. Um, but we also don't frequently do long hauls like that. Um, we have it here and there, but we try to break it up a little bit more because we have the capability of wherever we stop, we can sleep, we can brush our teeth, we can cook. We don't have to worry about finding a place to stay. Yeah. Um, and we have just found that when you travel, like traveling that far in a car is a long day. It's even longer when you're in something like this. <laughs> um, and I'm laughing because I agree and I understand why. But yeah. for someone who's never been in an RV before traveling like that, why, why do you think that is? That's and that's. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it because I was just going to say that until you've experienced, like, I feel like it's hard to understand unless you've experienced it. Um, it's just, it's more exhausting. And even as a passenger, someone who's not driving, like my husband, thankfully drives this giant thing um, for us. <laughs> um, Do you drive also or he does all the driving? He, he drives. 
he drives this. I've driven it. Yes. I love to hear that. Candace did all of the driving. I did not take us from A to B, not even once. But so I would say the reason why it was stressful as the passenger, one, I don't know about your RV, but for me on the bus, it felt like the equivalent of riding a wooden roller coaster. Like my, like my spine would hurt um, after a long day of travel and like you're being jolted around a lot. The other thing is even as a passenger who's not driving, you are taking up the entire lane and you are not driving at the same speed as traffic. And so it's just a stressful thing to watch. Um, And you're also really tall. Like the bus was for us, I think 13 and a half feet tall. And so my job is to navigate to make sure that like any overhangs or bridges or even trees on the side are not going to be taking us out. Um, because if I give her an incorrect decision, oh, you can't, oh, you can't just make a U-turn over here. Like, no, we had to make a 20 minute like round around the longest block that we could because all the other blocks were like residential and it wasn't easy to navigate through that. Like the whole thing um, is not like, just being a passenger in the car for all those reasons. Way more attentive. That's probably yeah. a good way to put it. So you're using a lot more attention span than you would yeah. in a normal car because you can mm-hmm. kind of to some degree be on autopilot. And like you said, there's less room for air too because you're so much bigger. So yeah. you can't just like take your eyes off the road for a second. Otherwise, you're going to be way off the road versus maybe on the white line. Type of oh thing. yeah, exactly. Anytime she would talk to me and make eye contact with me, I'd be like, don't look at me, just look at the road. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so this was one of your first days going back to your story of wanting to throw in the oh, yes. Fabrice yeah. towel. So our first first night at our first spot camping or I didn't we were at White Sands National Park. So we were staying at a state park right by it. Um we hooked up to the water getting ready to make dinner. We turn the faucet on and all of a sudden we have water all over the floor in the kitchen. Um, so we were like, what? We just hooked up. Like this is our first night. How can something be going wrong? We haven't even used the faucet and we should have listened when we bought the RV, the guy who kind of took us through it all. He, He's like, you know, I really suggest you staying somewhere close to home for a mm. night or two before you take it out. Well, we we didn't stay in it, but we had spent some time, you know, getting things ready, loading it up. Um, but we didn't test. We didn't really understand to, to some degree why he said that. But it's just basically to test to make sure everything is going to work okay and not malfunction, which still isn't a guarantee because you're driving down bumpy roads and screws come loose and you find stuff in the carpet and you're like, I don't know where the screw came from. I hope it's not important. Um, (laughs) And that's just part of it. But um, so that first night, our, our sink was leaking from underneath all over. So long story short, we, we think what happened was the seal was broken on the kitchen sink. So the next night we had to drive. Um, we ended up just driving the whole thing to a Lowe's, um, getting a new faucet and installing it to make sure it worked before we drove back. Because we were we were probably thirty minutes from 
from a Lowe's or a Home Depot or anything like that. So we're like, instead of driving back and forth, if this doesn't work, let's just drive the whole thing to the Lowe's. That way, if we get the new sink installed and it's not it mm. or the seal, maybe it's the pipe, we'll just be there and we can go run in and get what we need and come back out. Um, so that was the first night where it's like, oh my gosh, is this how RV life is going to be? Like, <laughs> we have things break and we haven't even used them yet. Like, yeah. Yeah, you um, wouldn't think that. Could, um, get, did you buy your RV brand new? We didn't buy it brand new. We bought it used. Um, it only had one well, one other owner prior to us, and they only used it in the winter. Um, oh, wow. They would take it to Florida for the winter and live in it for about four months and then take it back and store it in a garage mm -hmm. cupboard. So it didn't – it was one owner. They had no pets. They kept – they took really good care of it, had really low mile miles on it so it was like new i would say yeah. um where it didn't have a lot of wear and tear or some, you know someone wasn't living in it full time for multiple years well um, you gave it a good washing on your first night good for, it's like you baptized it <laughs> yes. and then i would say the most recent um time of wanting to throw in the towel was um this past June, well, it was the end of May, early June. We were in Texas. We were going to be leaving the next week to get out of Texas because if you've been in Texas in June, <laughs> um, so it was getting, it was already really hot. And we are, um, our awning that comes off the side to shade the RV um, was torn and it needed to be replaced. So we called around to see if we could get someone in to do it. Um, and our shortest wait time, we called probably 20 different places. And the shortest time to get in was three months. Wow. Well, that's not going to work. And we couldn't, we couldn't leave without doing it because it was where it was torn. We couldn't get it to roll all the way back in. Mm. Um, so then we had to figure out how to do that ourselves. And like I said, Texas in June in the heat, being outside with no shade on the roof, we essentially had to replace it ourselves. And it was hard mm. and it was frustrating and it was time consuming. And it was one, just like one of those moments where you're like, is this even worth it? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. But we figured it out and we got it done and. You know, it, it's just one of those things that now you look back on it and it's kind of funny, but at the time it was not funny. <laughs> so <laughs> life's misadventures make the best stories. I think yeah. Nora Dunn said that in a I'll link the episode below. Um, I love that. All right. Okay. So those, your misadventures have been around things not working on the RV. Makes sense. I, uh, I definitely know what it's like for things to be breaking left yes. and right. And I, I keep an entire full quart size bag of random screws that I find. Cause I'm like, I'm just toss it. I'm sure this is important at some right. point. Yeah. <laughs> find out what it goes to when you open something and then it's like, Oh, that's not moving. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what has RV life and RV travel taught you about yourself? Because I think one thing that I think is interesting is, um, and actually correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you didn't have a team of supporters being like, get out there and, you know, 
adventure around however and whenever or wherever you please. Like, I kind of feel like you may have had some naysayers in your life that you had to just pick it up and do it anyway yeah, um, without definitely. the right support. And I think that was also, I feel like I've really, um, I've bloomed into a different person, I guess you could say, through this experience, just because um, I, prior, you know, to the last five years, I would say I very much and you can probably relate to this to some degree, I followed the path that society told you mm -hmm. you should follow. I went to college. I got the degree. I went to grad school. I got my doctorate degree. Um, I did all the things I was supposed to do, and there still felt like there was something missing. Um, but I very much had that personality, too, to some degree. I think that it was just – I was, to some degree, pretty much a rule follower, and that's what – I was told I needed to do. So that's what I did. And I did it all. And then at the end of the day, it's like, well, wait a second. I don't know. This just doesn't feel like I feel like it should or like everybody tells you it should when you accomplish all these goals. So what's missing? Um, and that's when I started to explore different options and start traveling mm -hmm. a lot more. And I started to find myself and find who I am. And I realized that, you know, sometimes following the path that everyone else is following or that everyone else is telling you to follow doesn't mean it's the right path for you and that's okay. And I think that that's what this has taught me and what it's helped me find out about myself is I need to not be so hard on myself for not necessarily following the traditional path of life um, that you can do. You, you need to figure out what, what brings you joy in life. And through that, you also find out what you can give back to others. And I think until you truly find yourself, you can't do that. Um, that's, that's my opinion. And this, I think has allowed me to figure out the things that really move my needle to help me help others move theirs. Um, and I would say the biggest thing of all of this is that it's just helped me realize that life is what you make it life, your life. You have to be the driver. Otherwise, people are going are gonna to drive for you and you may end up somewhere where you don't want to be. Um, and I think that's been the biggest takeaway for me is like taking more control over my life that then allows me to help others take control of their own and figure out what's important to them. Because you may not like outdoor travel. You may not like mixing luxury with outdoor travel and that's okay. But if I can help you find what moves your needle, then that to me is a win because I don't necessarily need people just obsessed with the outdoors and luxury travel to follow my story or be a part of my journey. I just want to help people find out what gets them excited, what moves your needle, what gets you out there and doing the things that you want to do. And maybe it has nothing to do with travel and that's okay too. Like we all have the things that make us happy. And I think that that, is something that we often can let go to the wayside in day-to-day -day life is figuring out what you're here for and what makes you happy. And when you can do that, life gets way more fun. Way, way more fun. Hell yeah, girlfriend, preach it. I actually, I have to share a secret. If, actually, that's not a secret. 
it's a fun thing to know for those who are listening or watching today. Um, do not leave the scene of hearing something inspiring like we just heard without doing something about it. And the amazing woman that designed the Badassery Journal is Caitlin. And so make sure you download your free copy and follow along in these episodes. And there will be journal prompts in there that go along with today's episode so that you can find your thing. Because, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Life is a journey and it's all about finding what makes each of us happy. Our loved ones always think they know what's best for us because they know us very well. But at the end of the day, it's always, it's up to us to know and figure out what we truly need. And through that journey, you meet, I meet people like you who then inspire me even more. And to your point, like, you know, people, inspiration comes in all shapes and sizes. But I think that's also been the other beautiful thing about this is it's brought, it's helped me cross, path, cross, cross paths with people who have also further inspired me to keep going down this journey. And who, you know, you're not, you know, you did the bus life, but when I met you, you weren't doing the bus life. You were doing a different style of travel, but there's still so many things that we could relate on in our own journeys and also help to inspire each other. Yes. Hell yeah. And question, yeah. are you a badass? Why or why not? If you would have asked me this three years ago, I probably would say no. But since I've met you and I've listened to this podcast, I would say, heck yes, I am a badass. <laughs> yes. I, I love that. Actually, tell me this. What would Caitlin now say to Caitlin three years or longer prior? Like, what would you say to her to give her some encouragement? I would say that, that nothing, nothing ever goes as planned and that's okay. Sometimes the beauty, the beauty comes from the unplanned mishaps in life. Um, and it may not always be the most ideal mishap, but it usually teaches you a great lesson and then pushes you towards the path that, you know, you never expected to be on. And I would say that's where I am today because I never expected to be traveling around the country in an RV doing the work that I'm doing. Like, I didn't go to school for the work I'm doing. I have a doctorate degree in physical therapy and I'm not practicing that at all right now. And you know, three years ago, I would have been super hard on myself about that. But what I have learned is it's okay. Life is a journey. And sometimes our paths go different directions than we anticipate. And that doesn't mean that you've failed. It just means that you're, you're brave. I had someone tell me that um, about a year ago. They're like, you know, you're your story and you, you're really brave. And I never really thought about that before. And I never really would ever use that to describe myself, but we often stay in our own comfort zone because it's comfortable and it's not scary. And what I did, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was challenging and I've had my hard times and there was times where I was really scared, but I went forward and moved through it anyway. And I've learned so much about myself and I'm a way happier person. And um, you have to get uncomfortable to get, I think sometimes that happiness that you're seeking. Yes, I think you're brave. And I also think you're a total badass. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. Where can people find you at? I am at Scenic Days on all social platforms. And 
my website is www.scenicphase.com. Oh, I think you can see why I love this woman. Make sure you connect with Caitlin. Her info is in the show notes below and connect with me. I'm everywhere on social media as Christine Lozada. And if you found some value in today's episode, please leave a review. It really does help to distribute this to more people. Don't forget about the Everyday Badassery free journal download info in the show notes below. Go forth, be badass. We'll see you in the next one. Ciao.